0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Dark Horse Podcast live stream Q&A segment 159. It's time to, uh, you know, answer questions. It is. Yep.
1: It is. Once again, I failed to say at the top of the last hour that Discord sends us the question they most want answered this week, or that they have voted on wanting answered this week, um... Cats are being rude on camera. Um, and so we're going to start with the Discord question this week. I have seen experiments where men seem much less able to handle the equivalent of menses cramps or birth contraction pains that women experience regularly. Parentheses, NPI. NPI. You know what NPI means? Uh-uh. I do, uh, failed to look this up. Product integration. Nope. That's not what it means here. <laughs> New product integration, says our, our producer. Mm, yeah, I don't think that's what it means. Uh, Is the testing somehow flawed, or is it that evolution has created a pain tolerance level specific to each sex? If the latter, what would the mechanisms be? So, I, I don't, I don't think you can do this. I don't think it. I don't like the equivalent. What is the equivalent of men'sies cramps or birth contraction pains? Like, it's men have different bodies with different different structures associated with, you know, it would be cramping or contracting, and you know what who who says it's equivalent so i mean i guess before we even get into um do men and women experience pain differently and what might we expect those different ways to experience pain be i will say that this sort of framing and i'd love i'd be interested to see what the experiments actually claim to be doing um but every time that i've gone actually and found such a thing and i don't know if i found it for exactly this but it's like oh well we just had this thing often its sex based like we had a man who could never experience being a woman um, endure the equivalent of womanliness. And look how he behaved. Can you imagine? Like, well, but, but it wasn't equivalent. Like, you, you can't do it. It doesn't work that way. So that's my, what are you smirking about? <laughs> that's, that's my first reaction.
0: I think I know what's going on here. Um, with the
1: question or with me? No, no, with the question. <laughs> I see.
0: No, um, the researchers who did this experiment, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, were yes. only using 10% of their brain. <laughs> yes yes yes, yes 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 Yeah. now no, you know why i mean I that is smirking. that
1: is a, it's not the same but it's a similar kind of claim where people will say it like well,
0: well yeah. there's 10
1: percent of your brain it's like just just think for two seconds with like they can't more
0: than 10 percent of your brain. with more
1: than 10 percent of your brain which you are doing if you're thinking um so like yeah there are there are a lot of these claims obviously but, but that does feel like a differently stupid claim right 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 like this I, this I, I i think that people are trying again i would be interested i think that people are trying to do experiments like this but the attempt just again over and over and over again misunderstands complex systems and like oh it's the, oh, i'm just gonna give you the equivalent of uh, what would feel like to give birth like are you really because there's a <laughs> lot going on there and frankly you don't have most of the parts with the nerve endings that feel the pain and like oh you know the pain's in your head like okay that's fine but it's connected to the other parts that you don't have yeah yeah
0: i think the problem is in order to, we what we can virtually guarantee about whatever experiment they claim to have done mm-hmm. is that they had to settle on some parameter which was equal and let the others float right number of firings of pain neurons um
1: but when what happens doesn't matter but that's but my my whole objection here is like what was the stimulus that they gave to the men
0: well this is my objection too is that that does not amount to the experience of the pain being related
1: right i mean it's it's like saying like well you know, I, there were not a lot of firing, sensory neurons firing in your hand, and then we record the same number of sensory neurons firing in your butt, and yet you didn't respond to say, it's like, well, because your hand is not your butt. Like, like they experience <laughs> different things, and Some like, another researchers... one of these things that we all knew until yesterday, <laughs> right. right? But, you know, I think a lot of these experiments are based on these really fundamental misunderstandings. Right. Right?
0: And I would say uh, a place to see this a place to make your point that I think it will be easier to understand. There's a question of what molecule has stimulated your olfactory centers. And then there's a question of what did it smell like, right? Mm. Those involve a map that we don't have, right? A map in What's which...
1: those? Those what? The second thing?
0: The comparison between those two things go through...
1: What, what is it like? What's the molecular formula and shape? and what does it present, what does it feel like what, what is the qualitative present, experience right yeah. and the point
0: is oh what is that map well yeah. that map is generated by value
1: yeah. Oh, that smells like lilac and powder. <gasps> smells like my grandmother's basement, right? Right. Like, oh, so, well, it does, but that's because of the memory associated with your grandmother wore the thing in the musty basement, and right? Right. Well, yeah. it can be
0: experiential. It could be hardwired. But the point is, it's an evolutionary map. It's not mm-hmm. a physical map. So what the experience was is about that object, right? Uh, stone decays in a non-biological way. It yeah. breaks down. Yeah, the smell of decaying stone—it actually has a smell. Yeah, but it does not land in the decay realm. Yeah. because the thing that is mapped is biological threat.
1: Yes. Okay. So here's this is a an, an ugly example closer to what the question is about. A woman um, experiencing um, contractions—the pain of contractions. Uh, for a birth that she's excited about, uh, that pain is going to be realized differently if uh, the child has died inside of her mm-hmm. and she's having to give birth, which happens. It's mm-hmm. horrifying, right? Uh, and so if those, those two women are going to experience that pain very, very differently, what does it mean to have a man who again, until yesterday, would have known for, with complete confidence they couldn't actually be giving birth, is now supposed to be enduring the pain of giving birth. It's like what, well, like it's, it, I mean it's just this, like it's stripped of all the context, right? And like you know, and you know, and, and menses is different. So yeah. there's no, I don't, I've never heard anyone talk about like the joy in that. Um, so you know, may, maybe that's an easier one to do. Uh,
0: right. Um, another easier one to do is sex. That the context affects, you know, it isn't just about neurons, right? Or it is about neurons, but some of those neurons are contextual neurons. They are not stimulation neurons. Contextual neurons. Well, he
1: invents a new neuron class. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: My point is um, somebody you're passionately in love with, right? Even if the neurons are stimulated physically in the same way, is a very different experience than somebody you don't give a damn about or you find somewhat repulsive or whatever the right. point is the right. context the brain context actually overwhelms the yeah. physical context yeah. and so anyway the point is once you know that and your example is a good one uh, it tells you you can't run an experiment like that and extrapolate simply from it you might be able to compare something
1: yeah i mean you know this this is gonna seem like completely far afield but i feel like this reminds me of the cold plunge so we've been we've we've been gifted this cold plunge and and we've been doing it and it's fantastic and terrible and totally fantastic mostly um and one thing that it does is i know for sure i've I've just never been interested in figuring out how to develop a tolerance for cold. I've just like not been tolerant of cold. Now I'm going into the 40, 45 degree water for three minutes. And then, um, actually going in the hot tub for a little bit and then going back in for a minute and a half, um, or two before, uh, before getting on with it, with my day. It's fantastic. At first your body's like, holy shit, <laughs> this is really dangerous. You have got to get out of here right away. Yep. And, you know, and, and, you know, you have the physiological reaction but you also have the psychological reaction at first. Like I don't it's only been a couple of weeks and I don't I don't even have it now. It's like, you're gonna die. Right. Like, no, you're not gonna die. Now, if I fall overboard in ICCs, I'm probably gonna be overboard for more than three minutes. And so, you know, that's the only thing, you know, and, and you know, there's there are limits to what um, the, the body can take. But I know for sure now that I am not gonna immediately have to like <gasps> oh my God, this is the most terrifying thing that could possibly happen. Like, okay, no, there's part of this that I thought would be intolerable and I can tolerate that. So now I can focus more effectively on the things that I need to do, which is to get out of this freezing water right away. Yeah. Right. And I think that those two experiences may be a little bit like, oh, it's the pain of giving birth. Oh, it's like the pain of giving birth for a person who can never actually give birth. It's like the pain outside of context, what, like, like, and it's not even instructive because you're never going to, <laughs> you're never going to end up overboard in the way, you know, you're never going to have to give birth.
0: Right. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. It uh, it can't be done because there's a cognitive map that has something to do with other things, and the you know, cold plunge trains you that the experience of hemorrhaging heat is not synonymous with I'm in jeopardy.
1: Yeah. Right. And so you become. You become... If, if other things in your surrounding are controlled, right? Like if... if No, I'm just saying that that, yeah. that particular experience yes. takes...
0: Mm-hmm. It is natural that your body should respond to intense, sudden immersion in a cold fluid with uh, a high specific heat. Yeah. With... Uh, Get out. Urgency. Yeah. Because the point is that can kill you very quickly. Right. Right? The fact that the thing is only a foot and a half deep or whatever... Um, and that you've done it, and then you've emerged, mm-hmm. and you weren't in it long enough to be harmed, mm-hmm. and that that becomes a you know, just the same way uh, you know a, a a seal, Navy Seal trains to face terrifying things and right. not be terrified.
1: Well, so, I, I mean, telling too that cold water is a lot of is a big part of that training. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because
0: yeah. the body's response to it is. The fact of being in an uncontrolled fashion, shedding heat at that rate, Mm. is very dangerous. The fact that you are in a position to titrate the amount of heat you lose so it is harmless is... um, novel. It's novel. (laughs) It's exhilarating. It's all of these things. Um, So anyway, the point is lots of these things modify something that you could measure that may not be modified. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, intermittent fasting causes you to experience hunger and just get used to letting it pass
1: Mm -hmm, right it's mm -hmm. just
0: and so the point is well but you were hungry and the answer is well if i didn't detect that i was hungry because i'm used to being that hungry was i hungry right it's a philosophical question so anyway yes i don't think you No, and
1: that's and, and the intermittent fasting is useful for exactly the same reason you're like oh I'm going to be traveling there's only going to be garbage on the side of the road that i don't even regard as food anyway like oh that's fine i'm just i just won't eat right i just won't eat that day yep. that's fine right that's fine yeah
0: so anyway it's it's the modification is happening somewhere that tells you that i mean i'd love to know what they did but yeah what I'd, they I'd did is they they measured yeah. the number of firings in some system and they ignored the things that the system was connected to that actually tell yeah. you whether or not the experience was the same.
1: Yeah. It's going to be another, I think, we, we, we think, a reductionist approach to understanding a complex system uh, where the result won't won't work. But uh, given I, I, that this came out of the Discord server, um, let us know. Like I'd, I'd like to see the reference.
0: Given that it came out of the Discord server, I will also point out the confound that a man experiencing, even if they did manage to get
1: exactly... Uh, So I don't think the people on the Discord server actually did the research.
0: No, no, no. I believe that. But they were curious about it. And Mm -hmm. if you were to inflict exactly the experience of menstrual pain on men, those men would have the extra pain of feeling like, wait a second, I've endured all the suffering that goes along with being a man and I still have to deal with this?
1: I think I don't get
0: it. I think that was a better joke than you think it was. <laughs> I will run it by you again okay. when you've had time to recover, and we'll see if you like
1: yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think I just, I think I just, uh, just didn't get
0: it. You can't imagine being a guy and feeling betrayed that you had to endure menstrual pain. It's I think because you're not an actual guy, you have the thank you for noticing. Yes, you, mm-hmm. um, you fail to understand how, for us uh, identified at birth males. Um, we get up every day
1: recognized at birth
0: assigned at mm, birth. no <laughs> no we get up every day grateful that we n- will never have to give birth no you don't yes we do no every we don't month. but <laughs> <laughs>
1: it doesn't happen
0: all right that's true it doesn't happen because I mean, there,
1: there are those among women who would claim that none of you think about it enough frankly
0: right we're ungrateful it's- we don't it's spend about, time no it's not a <laughs> gratitude
1: it's about unempathetic no theory of mind <laughs> None. <laughs> None. <laughs> all right it sounds like men with regard to childbirth yes all right all right yeah so I, we, we never got to uh you know the sort of the bigger question um from that, that came out of that i just server this week which is like are men and women likely to experience pain differently i mean maybe it was just it's implied in our answer which is like yes Yes, and I think that pain perception uh, is not, I don't think that we have a bead on it well enough to be able to say, you know, more or or less, like, you know, like, across the whole body, there are different... Childbirth is a, a long, can be a very long process, right? And so there has to be selection for just enduring a long excruciating process. On the other hand, if it's, if it's too much to, like, what does it even mean for it to be too much to handle once you're in the, once you're in it? Right. You're like, pretty
0: committed at that we, point. Like,
1: what are you going to do? Right? Yeah. I mean, unless, unless you already live past the age of like scalpels and antiseptics and antibiotics, uh, you're just going to do what you're going to do. Yeah, but I actually, so,
0: I, I doubt that there was that much range in how long uh, giving <coughs> giving birth took. Um,
1: I don't see how prior to modernity matters I because I
0: think you know there's close to zero time, and there's some maximum amount of time, and I think that maximum amount of time that it takes is much longer in modern times than it was in pre-industrial times.
1: I don't know if, if you if you don't medicalize it uh if if you you let women move around and be in positions that it makes sense to to yeah. be in uh i think you know first births still um tend to be later than <laughs> the pregnant woman wants yeah, although i guess all births end up ultimately being later than, they, <laughs> than you want uh, because the end of pregnancy is really un- uncomfortable um but uh, especially first births just can take a while yeah 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 Okay. Should we move on? Yep. We have a lot of questions here this week. Okay. Before Omicron, COVID seemed to follow the pattern of one week of cold symptoms, the appearance of recovery, followed by a second harsher week of flu-like symptoms. Considering what we now know about COVIDs, and naive T cell depletion. Is it possible that the appearance of recovery and worst second week of symptoms are manifestations of a subdued innate response? I don't know what the all in caps COVID is referring to here.
0: I think I do. Okay. Um, I think it's, I don't know that it originates with Malone, but he has talked about uh, a kind of AIDS that is triggered by um, the mRNA so called vaccines.
1: Mm. A kind of AIDS. Well, okay. An immune
0: deficiency syndrome. Okay, so, so,
1: something. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, something that is not imagined to be deriving from HIV, but a different. Correct. Acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Okay. Uh,
0: I do think that there is a possibility of the attenuation, the cycling. There's also the confound of Paxlovid, which is known to trigger this very thing, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know that we have good information on you know. People in different categories. Yeah. Um, were you, were I, you
1: vexed or not? I guess I'd like to start with the uh, the premise of the question. Yeah. Though the premise is before Omicron, COVID seemed to follow the pattern of one week of cold symptoms, the appearance of recovery followed by a second harsher week of flu like symptoms. I've never actually heard that yeah. before. Um, although when Zach and I almost certainly had it in February of 2020, uh, before it was supposed to be here but I clearly got it in LA in February 2020 and brought it home and two of us got sick and you and Toby didn't get sick and it was dire. Um I did experience the like oh this is bad but like oh I'm getting better and then I literally collapsed. Yep. Um so it wasn't a week you know that but um but I had not actually and I've heard a couple of other anecdotes like that but I didn't have the sense that this was like a a general experience I and i and i don't and zach who had exactly the same strain i did because i gave it to you i'm sorry um did yeah you're you're welcome thank you for uh <laughs> rallying and getting through it you were sicker than we've ever seen you before or since that was fun. yeah it was, it was terrible um because you were a couple days behind me so i was able to begin to try to tend to you once i got better um i don't know this i don't know that that premise is I don't know that the premise is right, although I do know that at least some people, including myself, did seem to have that experience.
0: Yeah, it's an odd one. I'm trying to map it onto the oddness of the disease that we have repeatedly wondered if it might emerge from the laboratory origin, that something about
1: the protocols would have caused that. Yeah. Um, Okay, but you, so, oh my God, I had this turned off. Mm. And then we had a break and. Yeah. It's not off
0: anymore. I guess I'm I'm wondering about serially passing a virus through different environments before it becomes a human pathogen. Whether or not you could have effectively um, two sets of syndromes.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked, of course, about one of the artifacts of a lab environment being that you don't have to keep your hosts upright. Yep. Right, like you don't, don't have to keep, keep them your hosts
0: upright. You might not have to keep them capable of finding food by being able to smell. Yeah. Things like that. So I don't know. I wonder.
1: Yeah, um, but with regard to manifestations of of the subdued innate response, maybe. But I don't have much more than that.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's going to take a little, a little cogitating to, yeah. to figure it out. And even that might not work.
1: Right. Sometimes it doesn't. Next question. I'll come back. So this is written as if it's a second. Two, two, one. Nope. Okay. I'll come, I'll come back to digital advertising regarding today's trash information landscape. This is in part because big media, like many others online, are currently incentivized by clicks and impressions. Information sources should be incentivized by providing the public with useful and unbiased information, primarily because extremism and anger get views, and views equal money. I have also seen a very disturbing relationship between pharma and tech regarding content and information bigger than anyone knows. So there's no question just there. just a comment. Yeah, um, now he does have um, another down below, it looks like another comment. <clears throat> ad, age, ad agencies and pharma control. Ad agencies and pharma control the narrative in a way that very few people are even privy to. The ones that are primarily don't care, and the ones that do or are afraid to or are often ethically prohibited from talking.
0: Yeah, I've increasingly wondered about um, the effect of NDAs on our ability to understand our own context yeah you know there's an yes. awful lot of yes. people constraining other people from saying stuff and i'm not arguing that it isn't a necessary mechanism yeah but i think the it seems like it ought to be an exotic mechanism yeah and that you know
1: no i i, I agree um and just speaking very vaguely um i ended up signing an nda a couple years ago now a year and a half ago and it was um, restrictive in a way that I didn't exactly see coming. And I went back to the person who asked me to sign it, and said, "I really need to talk to so and so about this." And they said, "Oh well, th- are they on your team?" I said, "I, mm, I, don't, I don't. Do I have a team? I'm like, I sure." So yeah, anyone on your team, you can talk to. And I thought, ah, okay, thank you. <laughs> All I need to do is make you on my team in order to uh, to talk to you about this. Um, but that felt like yeah this this was frankly a a, an actually kind of good faith environment in which this person was saying to me like you're allowed to do this as long as you vetted the person even though that wasn't kind of written into the thing um but i did start thinking exactly about like well gosh no one expects that i've been bound by something over here yeah and how many people are bound by how many of these things
0: well uh, imagine the following question how much of the phony consensus mechanism Has to do with NDAs, yeah, right. Yeah,
1: well, and that's like ethically bound, right? That's what the that's what the question, the comment said. Like, will not because they're compromised or ethically bound not to. And the you know ethically bound is well, I signed a thing and it's my word, right? Right. It's it's a it's a modern, it's a sort of legal version of ethics.
0: Well, yeah, I think ethics as opposed to morals is about rules. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I do wonder, you know, we've seen so much phony consensus as the basis for um, those who depart from this are uh, terrible people who deserve to be silenced or whatever. Right. And, you know, that consensus is obviously not natural, but Mm -hmm. equally obviously NDA could be a component of it.
1: Yeah. No, I think um, so. At a high level. So the same person, and I already clicked those, I think this may have actually been written. Intermediately, but as long as we've just got three comments from the same person Uh, With regard to ad tech ad agencies and pharma to be more specific Oh, no ad tech ad agencies and pharma not quite how we think of pharma's relationship with direct information sources But every bit is impactful in my opinion. Uh Yeah All right next question Could China's draconian response be explained by their first-hand knowledge of the work at the lab and subsequently to potential downstream impacts of the virus, making it quite valid, but ultimately futile? Is it possible to ever have dialogue with those involved directly?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely possible that they know something, although the futility of it raises the question of why, if it's not going to work, why do it? Um, It is also possible That the draconian, well, A, it would be really good to know how much of what we saw was real, given how much of what we initially saw from China was phony. Right. Um, So I assume that what we've seen recently was the real deal. And if it was, it's possible that it wasn't really about anybody being confused about whether they were going to control COVID with it, um, but that it was a... A matter of population control in light of uh, potential unrest in mm-hmm. other words, the CCP has its own agenda and using COVID uh, as an excuse for lockdowns and punishing people and things might have nothing to do with controlling the spread of the virus mm-hmm. or it might
1: yep we are first-time parents with concerns about the infant vaccine schedule Hepatitis B shot right after birth seems absurd on its face as does Tdap for the pregnant mother. Tdap is uh, Tetanus, mm. I can't remember what all it is. Tetanus, it, 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 diphtheria. And pertussis. Is that right? Is it tetanus though? Pertussis, I think. So it's yeah, whooping cough and diphtheria. Anyway, Hep B shot right after birth seems absurd on its face as does Tdap for the pregnant mother. Thoughts on the others, namely Tdap at two months. We're concerned about the adjuvants and are leaning towards going with a delayed schedule.
0: Um, You're right to be concerned about adjuvants.
1: Yep, and we long before we were concerned about adjuvants. Uh, we delayed some of the schedule for our boys. Um, I
0: think we delayed everything that was delayable, yeah. as long as it could be delayed, with the logic. Being- well, I mean,
1: everything everything is delayable. Uh, we did not we did not push the things that. Um, we did not push for delay the things that we
0: pushed I don't, everything. I don't actually, it's been a while. Like everything that had a range to yeah. the yeah. end of the range.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And um, just I mean, be- <laughs> I would be tempted to go beyond that if we had it to do over. Yeah. Because I think there are major unanswered questions, and we now know just how willing to lie the public health apparatus is, and pharma, the manufacturers of these things. So. Yep. There's plenty to be worried about. There is also to be worried about the consequence of people opting out of vaccination campaigns that are generating herd immunity and suppressing pathogens. So, yes. um, you know, I think the thing is, I know that we will be accused of anti vaxness for saying, hey, actually now you have to worry about things that we wouldn't have said you had to be worried about three years ago. Right. But that's not on us, that is on yeah. the people who took our trust and abused it by, you know, smuggling in things that aren't vaccines under that label, telling us that they were safe when they knew that they weren't safe, telling us they were effective when they weren't effective. All of these things have caused um, smart people to wake up to the fact that what we have been told could mean anything. So, And that just, is not on us. That is on them. If you're, if you're angry about anti-vaxxness, you should be angry at the vaccine manufacturers and uh, their surrogates in government because they have created an unresolvable problem where we in the public don't know what it is that we face.
1: This is true. Um, yeah, I was going to say some more things. Maybe we'll leave it there. Um Leave it there true conspiracies are unlikely because orchestration is difficult but complex large-scale institutional crime doesn't always need centralized decision-making uncontroversial example is the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis
0: that's true although Un-
1: but unlikely doesn't mean don't happen it just means they're gonna be rare yeah I don't true think... conspiracies are unlikely sure but uh, unlikely does not mean impossible
0: yes and i I just don't think true conspiracies are actually rare. I think you are inferring that they are rare because the larger they are, the harder they are to manage. Small conspiracies are very common, right
1: yeah um, i mean i th- I think I'm reading into the question here, but given that the counterpoint is complex large scale institutional crime uh, i think I think this person is talking about large conspiracies, right.
0: Yep. Um, on the other hand, well, no, I think their point is good with respect to really large stuff, which is that a certain yeah. amount of emergence does a hell of a lot of lifting.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yep. Yeah. Are you familiar with Dr. Susan Oliver, Back to the Science Channel? She shows data that claims to disprove Dr. Campbell's data and his claims about all cause mortality. Is it valid? I don't recognize her. You I know? haven't seen it. I, yeah. Sorry, we don't. We have not seen it. Um, yeah. Tonsils. Love them or leave them. Why did tonsillectomies disappear with no memo? Other than cancer, can a case be made for their removal? Yeah, tonsils is going to be a little bit like the appendix.
0: Yeah, but I think... But even... I'm trying to remember. I, I think that they have a it turns known out, function... In the maturation of T-cells, is it?
1: It's, it's immune somehow, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, tur- it turns out, yeah, it's not even, it's simpler than the appendix, I think. Yeah. Uh, because the story in the appendix now involves a like, yes, definitely useful, um, <clears throat> and will tend to go bad on you once you're living in a hyper sort of sterile modern environment, whereas tonsils are just useful, and then they can get inflamed if you get um, the wrong bacteria. Yeah,
0: but the basic story is going to be the same. Modernity is causing inflammation. The, uh, hey, let's do something, people are eager to do something, it's dumb. The right thing to do is to figure out what modern things are causing the inflammation. and.
1: Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that there's more inflammation of tonsils now than there used to be. Well, Actually, that, that's the piece that... It doesn't, if, if it that, doesn't But matter. if that's true, then it's like the appendix. And if it's not true, then it's a really kind of a different story.
0: Not really, because no matter what is true, if there's the same amount of inflammation of tonsils, then leaving them in place makes sense. And if there's more inflammation, then figuring out why there's more inflammation and leaving them in place by
1: addressing the root cause still makes sense. Yes, but it's but you get there a different way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know actually that people that mostly tonsillectomies had been stopped. Uh, they were pretty pretty happy to do them when when we were kids. Yep. Uh, if I remember correctly, and my mother will correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, um, I used to get tonsillitis all the time. I got strep all the time, and uh, and I think that she had had her tonsils out, and it seemed like it had not been a good move. And so she blocked them from taking my tonsils out, even though I was you know I was a good candidate because I kept on having inflamed tonsils. Why don't just take them out? And she's like, no, just leave them. Yeah.
0: I do wonder if this is uh, another. Um... Consequence of the collapse of uh, the skull as a result of the wrong feedbacks from oh. soft food.
1: Oh, well, that might be the case. Could yeah. well be that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with Miracle Mineral Supplement? Someone I know takes it for various ailments and believes it to be harmless, while many claim chlorine dioxide to be toxic. Thoughts? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Nope never heard of it. Is individualism a feature of modernity? Compare adult humans who leave the nest and strike out on their own versus lifelong ancient tribal communes. What are the consequences of this? It's an interesting question. Um, You know, different Different cultures, different hunter-gatherer cultures, have different rules of dispersal and philopatry. That is to say, which sex um, stays in the in the community in which they are born, and which sex tends to, when they when they marry, disperses out and goes to live in the in the natal community of their new spouse. Uh, and in none of those situations is someone just being like, "Hey, I'm just gonna go out and you know, maybe I'll come back at some point. Maybe I won't." Uh, so that. Does strike me as quite new Um, that in general social organisms have rules about dispersal and philopatry, and here we have humans just going like, everyone leaves, all you, Uh, and yeah, and you know, there's no, there's 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 no rules and there's no expectations of return. I mean, individuals, individual families have expectations, of course, but at the societal level, it's it's not it's not understood that there are such expectations.
0: Yeah, I think this is um, highly novel and quite destructive of normal processes that we don't even have names for. Yeah. So if you imagine, um, let's say that you are in the sex that stays in your uh, natal home rather than leaving. Well, you are likely to have found a social niche where you serve a useful function not well served by others with whom you grew up and you know who were in that context so the point is that whole village has people filling niches relative to each other right if you take somebody who grew up with that same mechanism and they've filled some niche that existed in the town where they grew up and then they moved to some other town is the niche open <laughs> Yep. The, do the others with whom you need to interact have the right API in order to interact with them? Like, it just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's the right analogy. It just, yeah, no, it is. It um,
1: is. Um, but, it, I mean, it made me think, actually, not exactly to this question, but, um, boy, you would predict different kinds of functionality, both, um, both thriving and maybe being at risk in... So I'm more aware of these different roles of dispersal and philopatry and hunter-gatherer societies, but if they exist in um, communities that are more uh, stable, that that have permanent settlements, um, you should be able to predict different kinds of things that get... um, that that get undermined if all of the women leave when they marry, versus if all of the men leave mm-hmm. when they marry. Yep. Uh, so you know what to to what degree you know how strong is the town if the men have all known each other their entire lives and grew up with one another and filled the niches that needed to be done by men, and the women are coming in and just and figuring out sort of on the fly how to get along with their mothers-in-law and the, you know and all the other women who also don't know one another, versus a town where all the women. Um, know one another and are doing all the things that women need to be doing and um, filling all those niches, and the men are coming in and having to figure out on the fly how to get on with their father-in-law and all the other men of the town.
0: And you might expect that patterns of dispersal and philopatry change based on what kind of threats a population faces. And which of totally. least sets of costs is uh, more tolerable?
1: Yes, absolutely. I uh, would love to see you two do a series of intro videos on standalone topics in evolutionary biology, like what PBS Space Time does for astrophysics. Do you know anyone who can make it happen?
0: Sounds like fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I'm sure we know people who have various components, but as to can make it happen, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, something something to add to the hopper, as it were. What is a hopper?
0: What is a hopper? Yeah. Um, well, there's. Dennis Hopper. I'm sure there are other. I don't other think examples. he
1: cares about this though. If we just add this to Dennis Hopper, he's going to be like, "What is what is this?" Right. To the farming. farming?
0: Next to the oh, in the hopper. You're right. The hopper is a. It's, a, a, a,
1: it's like are, a. Are you are you Mike? As I said, I think it's,
0: it's a, a farming thing. thing. I don't know if it's hay bales or what. But it's, it's a like bin. Next to the, it's a supply yeah, reservoir Yeah, yeah. No, it sits bin. above. It's gravity fed, and it you get
1: the next one when you open. So the So it's spreading seed. I don't know, but I know what it's like. I just don't know what scale it's at or anything or what it's for but it's it's definitely it's gravity fed you put something in there and then it I feel like i should know this one time. yeah you, you have more of an excuse you've got no 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 farmers in your immediate i
0: guess you do have a farmer in your immediate ancestry yes yeah.
1: um, but i don't think but I don't, I, they were he wasn't dad, using a hopper no
0: he was, was he no. was farming hogs you don't put them in a hopper yeah I they mean, wouldn't they wouldn't put up with it for one thing <laughs> Dispense one at a time. That's how you make sausage. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Don't listen to her.
1: Oh, um, he likes sausage. <laughs> I guess that's the nice cat. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Hopper. You strike me as huggers. Any cool evolutionary thoughts on hugs? Will mm. you hug Sam if you're able to get something up in person? I hope so.
0: Yeah, um, that, was, that was two different questions. That was was it <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no, it was one guy. One guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah two yeah. different, but two very, different thoughts. Very different. Yeah.
0: Um, sure. Yeah, hugging. Um, Hugging's good. Hugging is interesting. Here's the here's the 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 thing you're looking for. I think is the interesting thing about a hug is that it's uh, very close, but you know you are not looking into each other's eyes. So. If somebody is duplicitous and they are um, hugging you disingenuously, it may show on their face, but you don't see it, right? <laughs> you don't, you don't see this.
1: I mean. Sure, <laughs> I, I guess yes. And I, have I ever ever hugged someone where I thought like this is not what it seems? Yes, I, right. presumably people who hug people, everyone has had that experience. Sometimes it is so far from the first thing that comes to mind when I think about what hugs are.
0: Oh, you're not the hugs are. <laughs> I don't know who's <laughs> the hugs are, but that's a that's a ceremonial position, if ever I've heard of one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Well, do you have so? I went down the road here on hugs, and I thought I introduced something interesting. You don't think it is? It is.
1: I mean, I think think it it is fringy. It is. Yeah, it's interesting. It just um, it sends it sends an odd message about what it would appear. I guess it sends exactly the message about what how evolutionary biologists navigate through their world that people who don't know any evolutionary biologists and think that we're all a bunch of weird. They're not creepy. wrong. No, oh, no, not creepy. creepy yeah. Cryptic, racist, like you know, okay. sexist. All of this, all this stuff that people ascribe to evolutionary thinking, uh, like, oh, okay, so how you know how how is a hug good for self for deceit, right? Like that. That's that's the angle, right? And you know, like, okay, how is a mm. how is a hug? Um, I, I can still do it with like with information, but by talking about information, which is still a bit like clinical and weird, but like. You get so much, um, you know, tactile feedback, and it just and it just it yeah, like it feels good. This is like this is a human need. It's part of what the 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 horror of the lockdowns was for people living alone, just like no human touch. Yep. Right. And yes, there's a lot of ways to engage in touch, but a, but a hug is one of the ones that is widely available to non-intimates, right? And Uh, and even to, you know, like really it's the thing that's available, at least in American culture, um, for touch, uh, if you're anything but sexually interacting with one another. Yeah. Right. And so it's just like, it's, it's, it's a way to say, you know, I, I trust you. I'm here, you know, I got, you know, I got your back. Like we, we, we have each other.
0: Well, maybe, maybe the, the way to, um, recover my thought from where I went with it. I'm not sure. I don't think
1: it was wrong. I just
0: thought it was... A weird place to start. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Um, But maybe the point is this. I think you can actually feel whether somebody is hugging you genuinely. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the look on their face doesn't really matter unless somebody else is looking at it, right? Yep. Um, But the point is... I mean,
1: you could say the same thing about um, a close dance.
0: Right. But let's imagine it this way. What if the point is actually uh, a, practiced, a practiced liar
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? has the facial expressions down? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm actually cueing on is not that they may reveal themselves to no effect when you're hugging them, mm-hmm. but that the point is if somebody is misleading you by what they say yeah. and the look on their face and then they hug you, it may reveal something they may be tenser than mm-hmm. you know if they're if they're in the middle of a con, then you may detect it from that, even though you didn't detect it on their face because they're good at it.
1: Yeah, so again, it's a it's another it's another source of information. yep mm-hmm. yeah, but it's also um, it's also just like healing and human, and it's one of these things that you know in our in our lists that we love to make of the things that you need. Oh, you need sleep, and you need water, and you need nutrients, and like you know, human touch, is for I would say the vast majority of people, uh, a, a, a strong need, uh, and without it, you don't keel over, right? Um, but you become less and less attuned to yourself, and you become more and more focused on like I I I need that, and that's you know that's frankly it's part of what. It's part of what these guys do. It's part of what yeah. having mammals as pets. You know, don't don't recommend having birds as pets. i never have. I know enough people, um, with the one exception of my student who had a crow. That seemed awesome. Um, but um, <laughs> That's a cool bird. Yeah, so cool. Um, but you know, if you got a if you got a snake or a lizard or a fish or fishy fish, like it's not going to be the same. As much as I love snakes and lizards and even some fishy fish. Yeah. Um, but Having uh, a mammal as a pet, who with whom you actually share have a relationship, and who enjoys being petted, uh, does provide some of some of the hug value.
0: Yes. Now, I will say that I um, I do hug Maddie the dog.
1: You too. She does not get it at she all. She does no. not no. get it. It seems strange. No, you pick but... her up and hug her. She's <laughs> like, I, I'm a Labrador. Have you noticed?
0: <laughs> um, yeah. No. they... they it's it's odd that the dog does not does not get that. Cause, you know. I mean,
1: if you hugged a person the way you hug Maddie, they also <laughs> would look at you funny. That's a fair point, mm-hmm. actually, yeah. now that you kind say Kind of at it. an angle, like a 45 degree angle, the legs kind of dangling off the side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is funny. You'll grant me that. Very much so. But, uh, she doesn't resent it. She oh, just no. doesn't understand it. She's a labrador. She doesn't resent anything. Are you miked?
1: Either. No, it doesn't. Okay. It wasn't that important. Okay, okay. Um, What is it, 342. Um, Scott Adams anticipated and front-loaded your explanation of your method slash training with, if you can't say it simply, it's just word salad. Oh,
0: Hmm. nice work, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Uh, That's a lot of word salad with a fancy window dressing. I don't know. It's Oh no! I mean,
1: this this is this is part of the point, right? Yep. Like, if you're still looking for some for a, for an epithet, you know, for for a, for a phrase that you can then take that to the bank and just apply it all the time, everywhere, like, how did you make Dilbert? Like, how did you have the insight that you had into office politics? Well, if you really think that a, that a phrase that a simple even if even if simply could mean in your mind a paragraph, which I mean you kind of you kind of did summarize it in a paragraph, but like it's not like that, and frankly I know that you know that at some level,
0: so yes. one thing that we did not say in mm-hmm. the uh the main segment on this is that I'm not sure I understand what Scott is doing in the aftermath of his yeah. admission right it's he's definitely doing a lot of something right and That something, given what he's interested in, right, given the hypnosis stuff, um, it may be that he has a purpose that we don't understand, and it's annoying to hear him say lots of things that sound like simple claims that aren't true. Right. Um, But it may be that he's trying to accomplish something. He's he's
1: like corralling the, the, the minds of the people paying attention to him.
0: Let's put it this way. If he's going to reveal something after this... Uh, episode episode of Mm -hmm. um tweets that are uh 60,000 maddening yeah roughly 60,000 maddening tweets (laughs) Mm -hmm. if he's going to reveal something okay we'll we'll see what he's got Mm -hmm. if he's not going to reveal something and this is manipulative where he's trying to corner people into thinking something then you know cut it out yeah
1: totally cut it out not helpful it's not you know yeah It's multifaceted.
0: Are we supposed to guess what it
1: is? Well, no, there's just a lot of <laughs> I mean, micro, mo slash immuno, I think mo there might stand for a molecular, viral, epidemio, so I'm going to say uh, microbiology, molecular and immunology, virology, epidemiology, I think is how all those words are supposed to end. Even math and biophysics and biochem history. Are all needed to suss out mechanisms and solutions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it depends on I'm it tem- depends on the level of the question that you're trying to address. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm tempted to nitpick. You know, there's a point yeah. at which uh, you discover that the uh, the boat is taking on water, and what you basically need is a bucket and somebody uh, who's ready to bail it. Yeah. You know, so it's not like every solution. If the answer is in well, the... it's
1: it's multifaceted. So I mean, we're talking about the the, the COVID. Okay, if we're ta- we're talking about if COVID so, vaccines, virus evolution, all of it, right? Like that that.
0: If somebody is writing telegraphically about solutions within complex systems, yeah, um, I don't want to swear that every one of those disciplines is always necessary. But yes, you you might want to check with them all mm-hmm. before you. Um, the prescription
1: yeah and i mean note that it should you know it's it shouldn't come as a surprise that two of three of the disciplines that you mention here are already uh amalgams right we got biophysics biochemistry and epidemiology which is sort of it's you know it's the biology of health and the public nature of health it's both individual and population level health come together um so you know you you each of these themselves already has a history of like oh in order to answer those sorts of questions over there we're going to need to use expertise from from these two places and instead of that you know interdisciplinarity was like that you know the the magic word in the 90s and aughts when we were in grad school and then early in our time as professors um but it's that seemed like it was you know crossing boundaries and opening up new ways of thinking to people who had been relatively narrow and instead what you get is these new fields like, oh, well, I couldn't claim I have expertise in these two things, but actually I'm just now, oh, that's not my part of biology. That's not my part of chemistry. I'm just doing this biochem over here. So it's, it, it is it afforded a new way for people to become narrow specialists, unfortunately.
0: Yep. Now, actually, hearing you describe that, I'm going to take back my initial instinct and challenge the assertion.
1: Okay. The assertion, again, being it's multifaceted microbiology, molecular and immunology, virology, epidemiology, even math and biophysics and biochemistry are all needed to suss out mechanisms and solutions.
0: The reason I'm going to push back is because by naming those disciplines, um, one is creating the impression that one needs people trained in each of these things to do the job.
1: That's true.
0: I do not believe. The fact is... Um, There is no, lots of people, some of our best people have trained in something or nothing at all and then become absolutely top-notch in something that they did not formally train in. The point is, once you know how to learn, you can train yourself. And some of the people who have trained themselves are better than those who have been formally trained and accepted the same wrong assumptions and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. so i guess my point would be it may be that things that might fall under those labels are often relevant to solutions in highly complex systems like the pandemic Um, but that i would be hesitant to put those labels on and say if they're not in the room you can't make solutions because that's going to end up being an excuse for stupid credentialism and it's going to make things worse not better
1: Mm -hmm. i agree with that um i don't know and i haven't clicked on this link do you have thoughts on faculty pushing back against woke administration at minnesota university do you know this story i don't think i do i don't either um i will take i it's just really hard to get links off of here um oh it's hamline um oh it's it's the um muhammad painting oh story which is from gosh what a couple oh actually this is written this week but um Hamline faculty vote 71 to 12 to ask university president to step down over Muhammad painting firing controversy. I I haven't paid enough attention. I don't know which valence that's going. Um,
0: it sounds like, Oh, uh, Hamline
1: university's full-time faculty on Tuesday asked president Miller to resign over her administration's handling of a Muslim students complaint about an adjunct professor who showed ancient art in class that depicted the prophet, prophet Muhammad. Um, Various Hamline administrators have said that what took place in an October art history class was, quote, undeniably inconsiderate, disrespectful, and Islamophobic, and, quote, an act of intolerance. And Hamline rescinded its offer to have the adjunct professor, Erica Lopez-Pretter, teach again in the spring. Uh, but after a wave of criticism from across the country, Miller, the president, conceded last week that she mishandled the episode. I still can't tell from that. I don't remember. I still can't tell from that which way it Sounds went.
0: Sounds <laughs> like the faculty... Pushed back on the cancellation of this faculty member for showing a
1: piece of ancient art that depicted Muhammad. I just can't tell. I honestly can't tell. And it's she was an adjunct. Yeah, well, I, I read it the opposite way, but I just really can't tell. Well, so.
0: that is high quality journalism that allows you to <laughs> interpret the story. And it's now paywalled,
1: so I can't even I can't even read the rest of it. Yeah. So um, I know the story is is happening. And it's big, and we've obviously been paying little enough attention that neither of us remembers exactly what. Uh, what happened? Although maybe actually the way the question thoughts on faculty pushing back against woke admin at, Min- at Minnesota University Well, the question tells us the way it went. So you were right your interpretation, right? Um, cool surprised except that I've um, been it, right before not, <laughs> 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 Yes and it wasn't always just luck either. No. Really no. not. I didn't even own a coin. You're not even lucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take that exactly. You know. um, um, thanks,
1: I think. I, um, I guess the the cynical part of me will say that this got enough press and this was so Obvious, a stupid thing like this. This adjunct professor showed a painting, right? uh, And the Edmunds response was so out of perspective, and you know, frankly, Evergreen and other incidents precede this, and uh, no, no one wants to become that. Yeah. So, um, on the other hand, that was a stride. Now closed it, and I won't be able to open it easily again. Um, But that was a very strong vote by the faculty. Yeah. Um, Of course once it you start there are a lot of people who will just vote with the crowd that's true and i mean that that may be that may be the answer to the fermi paradox right there honestly like you just a strong vote in that direction doesn't necessarily tell you that it was all that different you just got to got to the tipping point and once you're at the tipping point so many people followed because all they were going to all they were doing was waiting they're on that fence they're going to wait and then as soon as it became clear they go
0: yeah they're weather vaning
1: yeah yeah uh apologies on the spam but the works of Boris and William James Sidis might be interesting do you know who that is Mm-mm. they are that's a they
0: it William looked, James William James Sidis
1: um there's a Boris Cittis and, and a William James Cittis. And William Boris James Cittis is
0: not William James. This is a different William James.
1: Yeah, apparently. The tragic story of the smartest person who ever lived.
0: Well, wait, 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 wait. Who is William James Cittis? The smartest
1: now? person in the world, question mark.
0: Well, but that is consistent with the other William James, potentially.
1: I don't know who William James is. Either. Click
0: it. See, see if we can find yeah, out.
1: William James isn't, isn't in the question. It's William James Sittis.
0: I know. I'm Click just what? trying to just dis- <laughs> the link that would tell us more about this there's William James There's two different James people. Sittis. There's yes. William
1: James Sittis and there's Boris I want to know Sittis. more about William James Sittis okay, but to make all sure that I know Do I go with NPR, oh. learning-mind.com, or allthatsinteresting.com? So, uh, all
0: that's interesting sounds like they haven't the least stupid. fully captured
1: allthat'sinteresting.com, that reputable news site, says "Williams, J- William James Sinis had an off-the-charts IQ, but he died a penniless office clerk. He spoke 25 language, had an IQ 100 points higher than Albert Einstein's, but the smartest man in the world just wanted to live his life in seclusion. Well, <laughs> then I get. Um,
0: it doesn't say anything about what he was smart about.
1: Um, estimated IQ between 250 and 300.
0: Uh... <laughs> Really? Okay, well. Son.
1: His parents really liked him. Um, <laughs> they spent untold money on books and maps to encourage his early learning, True child prodigy. He could speak in multiple languages by the time he was six. English, French, German, Russian, Hebrew, Turkish. I mean, you remember, this is all that's interesting, guys. Um, when he was 18 months old, he was able to read the New York Times. This is... I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, Citus was accepted to Harvard at the humble age of nine. The school wouldn't allow him to attend classes until he was 11. While he was still a student at Harvard, he lectured the Harvard Mathematical Club on the incredibly complex topic of four-dimensional bodies. The lecture was nearly incomprehensible for most people, but for those who understood it, the lesson was a revelation. So I... I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And he was 12 then. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, he sounds smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Might be interesting. Yeah, but the work, oh, so this is the thing, the works of, yeah, might be interesting. Um, okay, <laughs> this has gotten very silly. We're almost at an hour, right?
0: Uh, you're at uh, exactly an hour.
1: Is amyloidosis on your radar? Its two primary causes are misfolded antibody proteins and lipid-carrying proteins. It can cause clotting, heart and nervous tissues, myocarditis, Barre, uh, that's the guillain barre syndrome, presumably, uh, etc., I feel like I have run into it a few times in the last couple of years, but yep. I haven't. I'm not tracking it at the moment. Yep, that's where I am the too. thing. Yeah, there's a little bit to track. Science is too specializing. Science is too specializing. And forget the forest; we lost the trees for the leaves. Yeah, actually, it's not. We're not even at the forest and the trees at yeah, this point. That's good. That's I like that. That's very good. Yep. Um, Which
0: makes those hyper-specialized scientists leaf miners, which is actually, I think, a pretty good description. Leaf miners. Yeah, so leaf miners, for those of you not familiar with leaf miners, are these uh, little creatures that leave these uh, patterns on leaves as they excavate the stuff from inside of them. And if you imagine the scientists, you imagine that you're looking for the forest, and you focused in on the trees, and then you focused in on the leaves, and then you've got all these little workers doing inconsequential stuff it uh, i think it's a good analogy actually
1: oh that's not right though oh, so i thought i was just going to google some pictures leaf but the ha- the half of the pictures i found are clearly fake so i'm taking that out you
0: can't, you, you, there's no, no, no good leaf mi- oh there's there's a Did good leaf.
1: there are well, some but well, they like i don't trust any of them now because i mean like look at that that's that's total garbage is, uh, maybe i'm not standing by any of this i don't i don't i don't trust the google image search it looks right to me but i basically yeah it's plugged in now Zach. Yeah, I but know, I, I mean know. that was that was insane like leaf miners, Google Images. Oh, I actually know enough biology to know that most of those pictures aren't real. What the hell? So maybe this, this is, If this was the if all the pictures looked like that, I would have said yeah, yeah. clearly. But,
0: uh, but don't those remind it, it you sent of It my scientists? skepticism to an eleven. <laughs> yeah that's a lot of skepticism yeah yeah what, it's were you not about gonna these? be enough no. i'm just imagining that those little leaf miners are like if the if the forest yeah. is what you're looking for those little leaf miners are like modern scientists toilet exactly
1: wait you again well it's my leaf okay so i'm gonna need my screen back if i'm gonna answer more questions well we have let's see uh where was the where were even the leaf miner question i don't even remember Um, serial sequencing versus directed evolution are these not just selective breeding Um, well the serial the serial passaging is using a host of a different species to um, effectively a selective breed a different organism in this case a virus organism um, by using sequential hosts so that's that's different than saying oh I want a cow with you know this percentage of I don't know, you know, lean muscle to not lean muscle.
0: Yeah, it's uh, so I agree with the theme that you're presenting. Yeah. The detail isn't right because effectively uh, selective breeding, you're choosing which individuals reproduce rather than using an environment to choose which individuals are best suited to it in which you never pick anything. You just expose them to the environment and let the environment pick. Mm-hmm. And I would point out that there is a, an intermediate case uh was it bill rice i think it might have been bill rice who bred fruit flies to survive on nothing but urine or something like this it was somebody did that experiment and the point was that's not nobody picked the individual flies right but it wasn't a serial passaging yeah. it was using it and- was
1: population dynamics right right Be- because it's fruit flies so he started i don't know if this happened or not this is news to me but you know presumably if it's drosophila he started with like 800 flies and you know gave right. him dishes with just urine apparently and you know three of them survived
0: right and yeah so anyway that um that is neither fish nor fowl. it's a little flies. bit of both yes well, i guess that's true yes. right Except that fowl are fish and flies aren't. But never mind. You've really got to be in the advanced course of Dark Horse to see that.
1: I missed it. I, there's a weird comment here. What did fowl you just say? Fowl yes.
0: are fish, uh-huh. but flies aren't. No.
1: Right? And yet they fly. As do right. fowl. As do uh, some other As fish that aren't fowl. As do some fowl. As do most fowl. As do some non-fowl fish that aren't flying fish.
0: Mm, Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. Like bats.
0: For example. Bats are flying fish. Bats bats are truly flying fish, unlike flying fish. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of... Yeah, they're not working hard enough. Yes, flying lemurs, which are called flying lemurs because they don't fly and aren't lemurs.
1: Exactly right.
0: Yep. Well, you're welcome for that little piece of education. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: Just imagine, this is what we want to actually be talking (laughs) about. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, imagine. Wow. Oh,
1: boy. Right. <clears throat> um, I don't know what this means. This is what I was reading when you said it the first time, which is why I missed it. Neat to have Fauci co-host the podcast with you today, Heather. What happened to Brett, senator? What? I have no oh, idea what that means. No, it's when Dad imitated Fauci
0: I don't recall imitating well, you Fauci. You imitated Fauci talking to some senator. Oh, uh, Rand Paul. Oh, Rand yeah. Paul. No, is, uh, right. Yeah, okay, okay. Senate, okay. yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. That's, yep, that was okay. brief. I think I said one word, and yeah. it was senator, but... Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Walker actually says in the video that the purpose was to create the next vaccine. Yes, but um, but the experiment he describes is doesn't won't, wouldn't, wouldn't do it. And yeah, so, what he so describes. The, so the.
0: What he described yeah. was an experiment to produce variants that would allow them to make a vaccine, right. Which doesn't make sense.
1: Right, unless, unless I mean I think you're right. Uh, if you if you vaccinate with the existing vaccine, um, even monkeys, which aren't a terrific model. And then, um, and then you see how the virus uh, changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, though, I don't. The monkeys are a bad model. If you wanted to yeah. use them to figure out how the virus is going to explore space and potentially what variants it's going to produce, mm-hmm. that experiment won't do it. Vaccinating them with the RNAs that we use on people, I don't think the monkey background is actually bad. I think it will.
1: Well, I think yeah. I, I had this question in the podcast, and I yeah, I, I, think, if, I think if they can will... be infected with the virus, then given that the given that the vaccine is entirely basically an mRNA factory, yep, uh, then it should work.
0: It should work, yeah. and it should tell it's you it, stop. It, but... A a monkey's immune system is um, capable of playing the role right? If you vaccinate, the monkey's immune system becomes alarmed in the exact way that the human immune system will, which Mm -hmm. then exposes the pathogen to selection that will find the loopholes in. So I I actually, you know, that experiment is at least on paper plausible.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, Just one comment, uh, and then we will end for the week please consider using parallel economy not paypal for payment processing does parallel economy mean um crypto is that what that means or is no, there something sure called parallel economy sure, uh, okay okay um our producer's gonna look it up yep uh but i think we are out are we out i think we're there i think we're there yeah um cool it, yeah it says a
0: sensor-resistant ecosystem is their tagline, and it says the new standard in digital payments. So You can sort of, I
1: don't know if it's good, but okay, it's supposed cool. to be like PayPal, but they won't get you out. Thank you for the tip. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, great. Uh, yeah. I think we're there. I think we're there. I think we're there. Uh, again, we have a uh, private Q&A at my Patreon tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific.
0: It is going to be off the hook. Yes, it will. Yes.
1: Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Until we see you next time, whenever that is, be good to the ones you love, eat good food, and get outside.
0: Be well, everyone. We have to give him a second. Yeah,
1: sure. But you can start already. You could be good to the ones you love now. That's not a...